sports listeners. I'm your host, Erica Salda, the queen of team. Please tune in every single Tuesday. This whole hour of Santa Barbara Teen Athletes. Woo! And we're talking all athletes. Good morning, good morning. We're with Connor Street. And Connor, is this, are you inside your boat right now or are you at home? No, I just got in from fishing yesterday evening and not not on my boat right now. <laughs> oh, nice. I didn't know if you were in a cabin of the boat. <laughs> you said you got a bigger boat and you're going in the deep sea, so I'm not sure what was going on. Yeah. How'd, how'd you do yesterday? It was good. The fishing was very good. No complaints at all. I filled the boat full of beautiful, big vermilion rockfish. Beautiful. Did you get any halibut? I didn't get any halibut or sea bass this run, but um, summer's right around the corner, and that's going to be my new target here coming up. So we'll see how I do this summer. Oh, you you know, it's so funny because we've been on looking at you and looking at all your accomplishments. You were one of those kids that took lemons and made lemonade during COVID. So real quick for anybody who doesn't know your story, do you want to do a quick little recap of what you've been doing this last year? Sure. So ever since uh, COVID started, um, I wanted people to avoid having to go to grocery stores and wait in lines for people who don't want to sit in lines in stores. So I decided to start my own business of um, I owned a boat. So I told myself, why not just go out fishing and bring fresh fish to the community because it's as fresh as anyone can buy. And so I would start going. I started going out and I would catch fish and I would come in and sell it right in my driveway to the community. And sometimes the fish are still alive as I'm bagging it for the people Um, and and they can't complain because it's as fresh as they're going to get. And it's low prices. It's less than they're going to pay in a grocery store. So nice. You're you're a senior, you're graduating soon. So this is, and you, and I talked to your mom, you know, family, friends and love your family. Cardinals go Cardinals all the way. Um, You're going to be heading to CC. So we're not losing 805 seafood is just going to thrive. Yes, it's not. It's not going to stop. It's going to keep going. I'm That's staying cool. here. <laughs> it's going to awesome. get bigger and bigger. Yeah, and so the big you, this, this boat that you've got, you only had the first boat for a little while before you got the bigger boat. So what about that? Are we going to get a bigger boat after this bigger boat? Does it yes. ever stop when you're a fisherman and getting the bigger boat? I mean, there's going to be a point, but um, I'm definitely going to get a bigger boat after this next one. That after this one, I have after I've fished it for a couple of years, I'm definitely going to get a ne- uh, next size up. I'm going to go. Oh, nice. We got to do like a reality TV show, like 805 Fishing. You know, we got to yeah. get a bunch of you guys out there and then have a little competition. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice. Yeah. Well, if you ever need a galley chef, that's me. Okay. Right. I can cook. I can make anything out of anything. Ask anything. That's what I did. I've done during COVID. People don't want to cook. They get all down, depressed, or whatever. So Dominique and I jump in the car. We just start delivering food for, for sure. I mean, I pretty much have made every inch of this property uh, edible. So um, <laughs> I, I get it. I get it. You know, Connor always loved what you were doing. You've actually been an inspiration to me. Um, and I know you've been an inspiration to the community. So if anybody wants to get some fresh fish out there, it's 805 Seafood all the way. You can find them on Facebook. You can find them on Instagram. And uh, Connor, do you do still do phone numbers or no? Of course. My phone number is 805-452-2306. Send me a text. I, if you don't do Facebook or Instagram, please, please just send me a text and I'll get it and put you on the list to get fish. All right. We love you, Connor. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. 
Wasn't that exciting? Okay. Oh my God, I love him again. 805 Seafood. Listen, we have in the house who just popped in. We're going to get with Lori Cortez, college coaching. We've got a huge show today. But Bill Pintard is on his phone, on the way. Bill, where are you going? To New York? Yes, I'm mute. Uh, you got to unmute, baby boy. There we go. He's on mute. It's hard when you're driving. There yeah, you go, my guy. It's kind of hard. Oh, my God. The police are pulling me over. Can you no. see me? Can you see me? What's that? I got you. I got you. Uh, oh, that's you got perfect. Me. You're great. Hi, Dominic. Oh. Okay, so give us an update. We've got a lot to talk about. We're going for a ninth championship with the Foresters, and you go to New York. You're a Yankee scout. What are you doing right now? I'm driving. I'm catching a plane in San Francisco. Nice. We're, oh, we're trying to get. What are you trying to get? A pitcher, catcher? No, I, I, I scouted yesterday. I'm not. I got a. Actually, it's a meeting. So. Um, I'm trying to, uh, we're trying to do something really exciting with uh, the Hugs for Cubs. And um, uh, so I had to wear a monkey suit today, so I'm wearing it. Uh, but we'll, there'll be more on that later. It's in the incubation period, but uh, it's exciting. Nice. You know, we have a so guest today. Huh? No, go ahead. Go ahead. So anyway, um, uh, yeah, we're going to have a season. I mean, we had it last year. No fans, and it was probably the best team we've ever had. Won a national championship. Didn't get the COVID. Um, managed to get back to Wichita on a safe deal. Um, I got to thank Ed St. George, because if it wasn't for him giving us housing, we wouldn't have played. And it was an amazing, amazing summer. And because we didn't have housing last summer. And Ed stepped up and in charges and i'm sure he i'm not supposed to say that but he didn't he just out of out of the graciousness of his heart he gave us housing for our guys so our guys were in their own bubble uh we didn't allow outside people or they weren't supposed to allow outside people uh, in thank god for those players over 21 the bars were closed so i mean it was a phenomenal thing uh you know because we're all we were all very cautious. Uh, we had to wear our masks. Um, I got angry at it for not wearing masks. They probably got sick of me. We had hand washing stations in our dugout. We used separate baseballs from the other team when they went out to pitch. The city was great. You know, we, we developed the COVID-19 protocol. The city of Santa Barbara and Rich Hanna and Jeff Smith and uh, uh, they worked with our, uh, with Christina Stonger, who's amazing. It was amazing that we did what we did and it was for the love of the game and I'm pumped. And so we're going to play again and hopefully we're able to have some fans. We think we're going to be able to have fans, um, the fans that want to sit outside if they're from their own household, they've been vaccine and all that good to go. So you know, you want to talk about moving targets. This whole deal, everybody's life is a moving target, right? But it was yeah, a moving target to get our season going. And then uh, we weren't going to go to Wichita, yada, yada, yada. And then the, the uh, 
tournament in Northern California canceled at the last minute. The NBC said, hey, we're doing it. We're cleared. We're going to have 2,000 fans. And thanks to Southwest Airlines making it so we were separate from the general public, off we went and proceeded to win our eighth championship. Yeah. So it was, it was not, it was crazy. So all those hurdles here. I wanted to do a quick little intro before we cut out here. We've got Dr. Amy Saltzman in the house. She's a guest today, and I wanted to get you guys connected. I'll let her tell her story. She is, uh, Dr. Amy, I'm just going to let you talk to Bill Pintard is- here. Hi, How are you? I'm, I'm, I'm in Santa Barbara. I'm a former Stanford gymnast and cyclist. I'm a physician and a mindfulness coach, and I teach mindfulness to athletes, coaches, children, teenagers, parents, teachers, doctors, Fortune 500 executives, so that they can um, find flow in sports or business or life. I'm ready to sign up. There you go. Okay. I need some. I need some flow. Well, I'm here to help you. <laughs> what do you do for ADD? Um, actually, mindfulness has been proven to um, support focus and uh, enhance attention with both adults and children with ADD. And certainly that can help you find flow. And I have some, I have some very specific practices for people on how to choose where they put their attention. Oh, I like it. Wow. So when you That's come good. when you come back, we'll hang out. Exactly. I'm gonna cut you guys off right there. So there, that's the tease, okay? Because we have a lot this show. Bill, thank you for swinging by. We know you need housing. We're going to address that when you're hitting on the road. I don't want you driving or talking anymore. And I got Lori Cortez, and we've got a disaster kit we're trying to put together with Anthony Rodriguez. We've, of course, got Christine Marie. We're going to get back with Dr. Amy. And I don't know. I can't. Uh, going to say Okay, well, I'll, uh, I'll listen to you guys. And, and uh, thank you very much for having me on. You're the, you're the bomb. And Dominic, so good seeing your smiling face, and uh, you guys carry on. Uh, we love you. You know that. Big fans. Thank big you. fans. The Godfather of baseball. Let's take a little break. No, we'll be <laughs> There's a cop. A cop. I just went by a policeman. I'm out. Bye. This is Erica Salt of the Cleaner Team. We'll be back with a lot more after these brand new messages. And this is Santa Barbara Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica Salt of the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday, 9 a.m. Nice. This is every month, the first part of the month. Lori Cortez graces us with her brilliance. And I love it. And college coaching. And Lori actually goes way back with me because she was my son's teacher at St. Rayfield's. And she was the only teacher. I always say this story. 
that was actually the picture of her and my son was put on the refrigerator by my son because she was his favorite teacher. So there you go. And on and on and on. I know my oldest, John, was the youngest that you ever had because I begged to have an eighth grader summer, okay, because I couldn't feel. John, talk about that kid that you had to have a bicycle helmet on in the house. You know, it was too much for mommy. You know where he gets his energy from, right? So I said, you have a professional college coach. Ask her. She's going to answer those questions. So, Lori, unmute and tell us what's going on right now for me. Hi, Erica. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for having me. And um, yes, it's a it's a crazy college. Uh, it has been a crazy college application admission season for sure. Things were kind of all over the place with students as far as their admissions goes. Um, I attribute a lot of that to COVID and a lot of that to some schools going test blind and some schools going test optional. Uh, meaning they either don't look at the uh, SAT scores at all or or they are optional. Students don't have to submit them if they're not strong. So it's been, it's been an eye-opener, and it's been pretty interesting to see the different, um, you know, just the different acceptances that students have. Uh, May 1st was the national commit date, statement of intent to register date. So students should have chosen by now, seniors, uh, which university they're going to be attending. Wait lists this year were exceptionally long. And um, just to answer, I know that it's a burning question for many students. If you are accepted off of a late wait list and you choose to attend that university, you may do so. You just have to decline at the college that you chose to accept. And you may forfeit your, your deposit. That's, that's university policy specific. But, but it is it's, um, definitely an ethical thing to do. You can do that. So as far as... Um, as as juniors go, they're gearing up. So it's it's the cycle all over again. As soon as school is out, which is in about three or four weeks, I have my juniors begin on all of their college application essays with the goal of getting most of them done over the summer. Mm -hmm. And that alleviates a lot of stress during their senior year. And that's the best feedback I receive from juniors is that they're really able to enjoy their senior year because they have so much of the work done already. Nice. Um, Freshmen, sophomores, and juniors, summer's important. You know, you, you, you need to have a productive summer, whether it's taking an, an online course, maybe doing an online internship. Things are opening up a little bit more, I know now, you know, due, due to COVID. So um, if it's safe in your area, get out there and, 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 you know, and see what's available as far as volunteer work or, or internships. But yeah, we have to get back in the saddle with, you know, with activity and, and uh, community service and things like that. So, yeah, hopefully this year. We'll That's be awesome. So for the kids that have not been studying for the SAT, you're telling them now, OK, testing's happening. You've got back on track on that. Well, that's a great question, Dominique, because for this application cycle, 21-22, most schools have already come out with their policy mm -hmm. saying they're, they're either going to be test optional or test blind. So when I have students that are applying to test optional schools, I encourage them to prepare and take the test because then, okay. then the decision's in their court. If they have a strong score, 50th percentile or above of the average entering freshman at that school, they should submit. If they have 50%, below the 50th percent, then I advise them to hold off and not submit. I have a great example of that, of a student that I had um, this year that was accepted to Yale. She, outstanding student, you know, four point plus GPA, AP classes, great community service, everything. 
but her test scores were lower than Yale's average, so she did not submit. She applied early. She was deferred to regular action, and then she was accepted. So she was Yay! Wow. Oh, that's thrilling. That's exciting. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's awesome. Lori, do you keep a scorecard for yourself of how many kids you've helped get into Yale, Harvard, and some of the, the bigger schools? I don't have a scorecard. I mean, I don't have the specific numbers, but I have a list. I have to actually update the list on my website, but I do have a list uh, that was current until last year of all the universities that my students have been accepted to. So, and there's so nice. many. That's fantastic. And do you find most kids are going to the, you know, the bigger universities or do you also help kids get into the private universities? Oh yeah. I have a lot of students get into the private universities and, and my, my philosophy is, you know, there's always going to be your number one, two, and three ranked school, but that doesn't mean that it's a number one, two, and three for each student. Each student should have their own preference where they feel they fit, where they feel, you know, it's a good between social and academic rigor. And, and so I do a lot of that with my students, um, you know, college research, college campus selection, things like that. So there's so many. Nice. Well, it's really great because your husband, Ron, um, I, I love the story of, of husband Ron's mother loves you more. So I just I love that. So our student, Nico, is going down to uh, UC Irvine. He got accepted. Oh, my God. So, yeah. So, and and uh, Ron is still vice chancellor. He didn't get promoted. I can't keep up with his professional <laughs> career because he keeps advancing. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So we're still here. So, so tell Nico if he has any questions to look me up. Oh, definitely. No, I've already, I sent him your link. <laughs> mom thing. I am very spoiled. You know, we are helicopter moms. We've always taken um, international exchange students. And oh, yeah, no, they don't leave us, especially over the holidays. They all come back. I don't, we don't see our kids, but we see our children. I was going to sleep on the pool table last Christmas. Oh, yeah. So anyway, Lori, thank you so much. I know you got students coming in. We love you. Uh, we're going to take Bye. another quick break, and then we've got a lot more show right after these messages. Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica Salda, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday at 9 a.m. Okay, we've got Anthony Rodriguez in the house. Anthony, talk to me. How are you? I'm doing good. Disaster Relief Specialist Home. (laughs) home, um, Oh, what do you got there? What do you got there? Ah, very good. Very good. Put it bucket lid. Love it. 
And if any of you travel, you might want to take that in the car because it's still very difficult to find toiletries. Okay, it's hard to find open bathrooms. Gives an all new meaning to bucket list, doesn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, you know what? That's really important. Everybody forgets it's, it's really to have something like that. So, I mean, it was bad, especially when um, when we had the debris flow and also uh, when um, La Conchita came down. One main yeah. thing that that's exactly what happened. Somebody still was in the middle of the road, stuck in between the, you know, all the debris. And what happened? No bathroom. They couldn't move. Right. right? They were in their car. So yeah. the only person that actually had toilet paper and a bucket just like that was a cert trained member which was awesome and you have no idea he never thought he would be so happy to have some toilet paper um you know but it's a big deal people do forget about that you know you have to think about those things and um just out a quick trivia what fire started on cinco de mayo here in santa barbara county uh tea tree fire no any other ones no, no. Richard, do you know you know all about fires? You report them. Yeah. Oh, Richard, doing something. Uh, Ed, Ed, remember? Monthly coyote. Was it the coyote fire? It was the Jesusita fire that Jesusita? started on Cinco oh. de Mayo at one forty-five in the afternoon. Right? Wow. So, and with that fire, um, you know, it was very difficult. They couldn't get to it. It took over three hours for the fire department to actually get to a location that they were able to go ahead and fight the fire. Right. right. Um, what, it what did not, they did not put it out till May 18th. Uh, we lost uh -huh. over 80 homes um, wow. and it was it was it was a huge deal. I mean, you couldn't even see through through all the smoke and stuff. Um, and people do forget about that. Your health is really important when it comes to things like that. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's it taught us a lot. And especially with the Thomas fire. Right. Uh, we're now considered in, uh, you know, fire season here in Santa Barbara County mm -hmm. as of May 5th. So what do you have to do to prepare, um, you know, just in case a, fire, a wildfire comes or what can you do to prevent a wildfire? Um, you know, just make sure that when you're working outside, if you're working with, um, you know, any uh, hand equipment or anything like that, make sure you have a fire extinguisher around you or even some water. Um, that was actually what happened with the, with the Jesusita fire. Uh, somebody was working in somebody's yard, sparked something, and that's where it, it all went loose. Um, so we have to be very careful with that. Remember your 100 feet uh, defensible space, right? Between your home and, you know, a lot of brush. Make sure that there's at least 100 feet in between. Um, right. Other items that you can think about is make sure you're registered for alerts. Go to readysbc.org um, and register for alerts. It's the same thing as aware and prepare. Um, you know, we always have to know what the alerts are. There's a now it's ready, set, and then go. It's, you know, we can't listen to anything else. Those are the new terminology is ready, set, and go. Um, one thing you can do, too, is go on to, us, like I said, readysbc.org. You can download the, the pamphlet that has a lot of information, what you can do. Um, readysbc.org is an excellent, excellent um, website that's being revamped consistently. Um, and it, they have a lot of information directly, specifically here for the county. So that is my personal go-to place. Go ahead. What I want to do is I wanted to reach out to, since everybody is here and thank Christine Marie and everybody that participated. You're having a, a um, volunteer, I mean, what appreciation month at the food bank. Well, as actually, the directors of the food bank. And I wanted mental to health, mental yeah. health. And 
Mental Health Month. Yes. Um, well, we, we're lucky we've got Dr. Amy Salt's been here with us. She's going to be coming up. Uh, we're going to talk to her for the next couple of segments after your segment. Right. So she's going to address it a little bit more because that's her field um, of expertise. But I want to thank you for putting it together for our first responders for the food bank. You've been under overwhelming pressure this last year. And I mean, we're, we're, we're you know, we're really close friends. I've, I've, you know, I'm only a stone throws away from you. <laughs> well, I'm really grateful for all the donors. I mean, thank you so much. And then you end up coming here to the house to do it. And I was so impressed. I mean, it was really, I felt like I was part of something big. Okay. So two things. How is that going? The, uh, your, your gifting for our first responders. And then I also want to know before we go to break, the CERT training, because we're having another CERT training. And I want to get all that information out to all the high schools and all the kids because I think it's great for these kids to get um, some cert training. Yeah. So, um, what do you call? It? Again, thank you for bringing that up. I do want to thank um, our wonderful donors uh, that are helping us out here at the food bank because I felt that it was very important to recognize Mental Health Awareness Month. Um, as you know that you know, like you said, we've been going at it for so long, um, and our priority or my priority is um, the mental health of all our food bankers here. They do such a hard work. They they go out there, and we hear a lot of things. And sometimes, you know, you don't know what to say. Um, you know, so I did conduct a training on psychological first aid for some of our staff, um, so they could feel more prepared to be able to respond in case somebody comes up to them and you know they're they're struggling, they're having a hard time. But I want them to also be able to take care of them. So that's where um, our wonderful um, you know donors that donated uh, some great uh, personal uh, self care stuff. Um, I created a self care bingo. And self-care bingo is for just our staff. And um, it's a challenge for them to uh, basically take care of themselves. Um, and I have a bingo card that I created with a lot of self-care tips. And every day I'm going to be pulling a, a tip out of, the, out of the hat. And then whoever gets the bingo first, it could be either way, up and down, sideways, it doesn't matter. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give them a prize. I want them. Yeah. I want it to be interactive. I want them to always remember that self care is extremely important because we can't yeah. we can't do good if we're not good with ourselves. Um, yeah. And as you know, that also you know being able to take care of yourself uh, reduces the risk of uh, thoughts of suicide. Um, and you know, it's that's one thing that we we definitely have to uh, to reduce is the risk of suicides and um, you know other things that come along with things like that. So. Um, that's my goal for this month and always, um, but, you know, we're specifically because we honor the um, May as Mental Health Awareness Month. So, um, you know, staff well, is really important. We got Dr. Amy in the house and I'm sure she has something really enlightening. I don't know why Spirit's saying call on Dr. Amy. So that's what I'm going to do right now. <laughs> well, it's interesting because um, mindfulness has been shown to decrease stress, anxiety, and depression. And because I know that this is a teen-focused uh, group, um, I actually moved from, from Menlo Park to Santa Barbara in September 2019. And in the area where I lived previously, there was actually a cluster of suicides among young teenagers. and we did implement some mindfulness programming as part of the prevention protocols for that. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah, we had a we had our cluster back in 2009 
And so what happened with that is we created the Santa Barbara Response Network, which I'm one of the co-founders for. And we respond to homicides, suicides, traumatic events, and provide emotional support for those who have been left behind. Um, and then with that, we got uh, involved with American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, which I'm the chair of our walk, which will be September 25th here in Santa Barbara County. Um, you know, people can register. The website just went up. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 it's a huge focus. And that's something that we all have to be aware of and be comfortable talking about. Because if we don't let's, talk about it, then we're not going to be able to prevent it. Let's do the commercial now, Anthony. We always wait till the last minute. <laughs> let's do it now for May and start. Um, let's promote, promote, promote between now and September. Okay, let's get, get a hold of Dr. D and he'll, we'll, we'll knock it out for you immediately. We'll run it for, I'll hard code it and we'll run it four times a week for you. Because that's That'd be, great. So That'd be awesome. Cool. Dominique and I were just saying, you know, not comparing COVID, you know how bad that was, but sadly, we know more people that have passed away with suicide than actually have contracted COVID. So for us, it means a lot. Yeah. Um, you know how much I, I, I appreciate all the work and service you do. So we've got a bigger show. Uh, keep going. It's growing, growing, growing. Don't leave, Anthony, if you can stay. That's great. Can I ask real quick? What's our, what, so what's the next thing I should be working on? I, I've got the water. Oh uh, so anal about this. I, I, I Get have, to know your alerts. Get to know your, 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 your um, yeah, you have to know your alerts and you have to know what it means when they say ready, what it means when they say you know, go. I mean, it's just you have to pay attention to that because once you know the warning signs or the or the definitions, it'll make it a lot more easier and a lot less stressful than when you wait and try to look it up in the middle of a disaster. So you don't want to do that. Remember, you always want to prepare, you know, respond and you want to recover at all times. So and when's the next training? Uh, we're trying for shooting for the end of this month. Um, okay. But it just seems like we're going to be working with the schools. So we might change because uh, we're going to be working with Santa Barbara, a junior high school and some other ones because they want to be part of our disaster feeding plan, which is awesome. Yeah. So we're working on that. Thanks. too. Good job, Anthony. You never stop. You know where we are when you need a little respite care right over here. Come to mama. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, you guys, been a blessing. <laughs> That's good, baby. All right. So let's take a little break. All right. We've got. Dr. Amy Salzman in the house right after these messages. Our teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica Salt of the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday at 9 a.m. Good morning. This is Chris, or hello, this is Christine Marie with a view from the deck. And I, um, we, I, with Amy Selsman at the, during the break, we, I had her put her energy into the tarot cards and, uh, tell me which one, one to pick. And the card that, um, was picked or that she picked. It's called the chariot. 
And the chariot is a major Ooh. arcana card, and it is a card of powerful forward movement. This charioteer on this card is um, he's steering his chariot his chariot with what's called the Hanabku, which is the um, symbol for the, of the Mayan butterfly, which is actually the Mayan symbol for the galactic center. And his um, chariot is being pulled by a white bull and a dark bull. So it's about integrating um, and utilizing our shadow and our light, harnessing those to pull us forward and um, move us into, into life. And it's really about big changes, big movement. And one of the beautiful part, things I like about this card is in, this, in the background are the stars. And I think about the galactic center, which is that, you know, great big dark black hole that's creating and destroying stars all the time. But also that this, in the stars, um, many, many um, cultures believe that our ancestors are in the stars and that it's our, 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 the, the angels and the ancestors looking over us and supporting our journey forward. So that's what I love about this card, the chariot. So, um, Dr. Amy, you go, woman, you're going. You're doing it. <laughs> A real wonderful. Well, thank you, Christine Marie. Nice. My pleasure. All right. So I was so excited. We, we did a little bit of the history of how we introduced each other to each other. And I'm so thankful and blessed that you're here today with us, Dr. Amy. We're here to support you. We're, you're right up in line with everything that this community show for the last 11 years has been about. Um, you would like to tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. So as I said before, we moved here in the fall of 2019. I was getting ready to open an office May 15th of 2020. Uh, that didn't quite happen. Since we've been here, we've had one fire evacuation. So Anthony, thank you for all your encouragement to be prepared. And then of course, COVID. So mostly I have been... Um, seeing old patients and clients via telehealth or Zoom, and uh, actually volunteering at the food bank. The funnest thing was the Mandarin Glean. And I've been working at the vaccination center since it opened in, um, whenever that was, January, February. And, um, Really, my loves are supporting anybody and especially athletes or high performers in um, achieving peak performance and finding flow. And what's nice about those skills is that those same skills um, that you apply in your high performance setting apply to any aspect of life. And they also have been scientifically proven, again, to decrease anxiety, stress, depression, um, give people sense of purpose and meaning, enhance resilience, enhance empathy and efficacy. So making people more effective in whatever their role happens to be. Mm -hmm. nice. That's beautiful. So um, what's the, like the number one tip that you give? Because uh, with high-performance athletes, they're spending a lot of time on their sport and sometimes forget that they are a student athlete, so student comes first. What's one of the, the first main tips that you give your, your student athletes in order to do well in their scholastics as well as their sport? Well, it's interesting because, again, the skills are really uh, transferable. 
So if you learn to rest your attention on the breath, that will allow you to settle your mind and your body and your heart to focus on either your algebra homework or on your training and competition. So the skills are really intertwined and they benefit all aspects of life, school, friendships, home, sport, their universal skills. So yeah, it's so fascinating that our breath is like center to our consciousness, our state of consciousness and accessing different levels of consciousness. And we don't think about it. I, um, I frequently find myself breathing from my uh, upper chest rather than breathing more relaxed from my belly region. Do you do things to help people recognize, you know, where they're breathing and maybe make it more relaxed? I tend, I mean, you can, each person's individual. And so you can focus on feeling the breath in your belly, in your chest, or at the tip of your nose. I am also a person who prefers the belly just because I feel like we spend a lot of time up here thinking about the past or the future. And if I drop my attention into my belly and um, it gets me out of my head and into my body and into the moment. That's so beautiful. Okay, so I have a question. So did you just pick up on these tools through med school or because you were a, a high-performing uh, athlete and you just had to figure out tools just because you jacked and you need to, you need, especially something like gymnastics. I mean, you get great. It, it's perfection. I mean, you could shoot a free throw. I, was, I played soccer at Westmont. I was the walk-on MVP. I never played soccer. But I was a catcher at UC, uh, UC, uh, Long Beach State. And I've always caught, caught in high school, so it was kind of like a crossover for me. But I learned, actually, it was in a class. It was in a psych class in high school, and we meditated. And it was just bizarre. Everyone thought, well, because it was dead silence, and we spent the first five minutes of every class just to breathe, to work on the breath. And you just have these, you know, images of your body. So I always think about knocking down free throws, boom, boom, boom. So I learned it early, like as a junior. But I just was blessed and I had a teacher that and I felt, you know, I, I fell into it. I wasn't goofing around during it. You know, because some people just can't fit. You know, as a junior, if you're just way off the rails. But I learned to calm myself down. So was that something that you just picked up on, on something like that? Or how that happened for you? Well, it's interesting because, um, as you mentioned, I think without ever really knowing it and without even knowing the word at the time, my gymnastics was my first mindfulness practice because you can't be all over and thinking about your boyfriend or your test or whatever if you want to stay on the beam. So I think I had that very early on. Then I went through college where I was also a walk-on gymnast at Stanford and then later a competitive cyclist and um, med school and became a holistic physician and then learned about mindfulness and started teaching mindfulness first to patients with chronic pain and chronic illness. Then when I had my kids started teaching to parents then I started teaching to kids because I thought, well, why do we need to be 40 and get divorced or have a heart attack before we learn these skills? And then 
So my last book is for athletes or any high performers. And really that kind of brought me full circle back to combining my, my, my love of mindfulness and my love of sport. So Amy, I had, this is Ed Langlo. I had something I wanted to get some feedback from you on. Um, I, I was reading the intro to your book and I read a, a part in there that was from coach G that, that she talked about uh, people's unconscious limitations and their unrealized possibilities. And it, and it struck a chord with me because a few years ago, I learned where negative thinking affected me physically. So lately I've been trying to, during my weight training workouts, I keep track of what I've done the previous workout and I try to better that. And I, let's say that I did 15 reps on something. So I will put the number 17 in my head and forget about everything else, get into it and focus on 17. I'm going to do this 17 times. And it seemed to work. But I noticed recently that I, when I get to 16, I feel like, okay, this is good. I have some energy left here. I'm going to do this more than 17. I get to 17, halfway through the rep, it seems to fade. Everything fades and I got to put the bar back. Am I... Is that a negative thing? Am I doing it wrong? Am I implanting a negative that I'm only going to do this 17 times? No, I think, I think there's a whole bunch of pieces to this. So the first one is I think that a little bit we've gone overboard on kind of the power of positive thinking. And sometimes it's really important to meet ourselves where we are. And if we want to talk just about um, like reps or athletic training, one of the things, and I have a picture in my book where there's a guy running like wind sprints and he, they're giving me a one minute signal, which I didn't know what it meant. So that was the pause. He, you have a minute. Um, kind of cheats and doesn't finish. He doesn't finish the wind sprint. And the tagline on that picture is the difference between winning and losing or something. But on the flip side, which is a picture we don't see that often, I have a girl who's overstepping the line over and over and over. And my tagline for that is the difference between training and injury. So part of the wisdom is really listening to your body about can I push a little bit more today right. or do I need to back off today so that I'm ready for tomorrow? And so I think we just need to balance both and we can come back to that after whatever's happening in this moment. That's right. We got more messages because we support the community and we donate our, our mi minutes in messaging because of Dr. Richard Dugan and we appreciate him. So we're going to get to those right now. And then we're going to come, come back who just joined us right now. Richard Ellsworth mountain says healing wants to introduce himself to you. And we're going to be back with more after these messages and SP Braille.
back, and this is Santa Barbara Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica Salda, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday at 9 a.m. Hello, everyone. Um, this is Richard Ellsworth with Mountain Sage Healing Arts and the uh, Braille Institute here in, in Santa Barbara. Um, I have a question for you, Amy. Um, so when I work with my students, um, a lot of what I talk about is uh, mindfulness because it really helps them to not only... Um, relax and de-stress, but it gives them the time to, to start to become aware of, of their surroundings, which is really important when, when they can't see. So when I, a lot of them, when they're marking and, and labeling things or figuring out how to identify things or, or be aware of things, they'll often tell me that they forget, that they forget how they label something or that they forget where they put something. And I tell them to, to really be mindful and come into the present moment when you put something somewhere. So if you put something on a table, you know, take the time to say to yourself, I'm putting this here instead of being absent-minded about it. And so I was just curious as to how uh, mindfulness and, and presence really come into your work. Yeah, well, I think that that's actually a really beautiful example because so often in our culture, we're multitasking or we're not really present. And then we do forget. And it's not, I also want to be careful to not set our expectations too high because we can't be mindful every moment of every day. It's just not humanly possible. But there are those crucial moments. So if you're putting something important down that you know want to know where it is, then that's important. Or um, going back to Bill, if you're pitching or catching, then you want your full presence in that moment. Right. Love it. All right, Amy, you know, we're, of course, you're going to get invited back, but we were out of time. So I always in a show would say smiles throughout Santa Barbara. This is the greatest place on the planet to live. God bless us. Let's see you next week.